0: Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative, they do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks. With Aaron Flint. Well, we've got a great
1: guest kicking off this show for us here this morning on Montana Talks. In fact, I think the last time we caught up with uh, former Montana Congressman Denny Reberg, I think that was our Thanksgiving special. We mm-hmm. uh, we thought, what the heck, let's catch up with Denny. And man, we had a fun conversation. We even did an extra hour just for fun. We were talking about all the Basque family yep. family folks across Montana and uh, and so much more. But uh, but hey, given all the the news and everything being up and the air right now with what might happen in a in a congressional race here in the eastern district in montana we thought hey what a great time to catch up with uh congressman reberg denny great to see you again good to see you again as well Aaron. even better to see jan we <laughs> should just since jan is here though we should just you know you can just put the headset down we'll just talk with jan for that
2: well the she's my days. closest advisor been married <laughs> 45 years wow this year that's incredible congratulations yeah yeah Yeah. well the probably reason is i spend a lot of time in washington and she she spends a lot of time in montana with the kids so
1: yeah you know so if, if i remember right from our thanksgiving conversation a while back you know, we used to have two members of the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. Now we have two members of the House of Representatives again, split up pretty much east and west. Um, but but officially, for the time that Montana had only one member of Congress, uh, you with, what, 12 years in the House, you're officially Montana's longest-serving statewide member of the House of Representatives with that, 12 years in Congress. That's correct. Going all the way back to the early 1800s uh, before it was a state. So, yes, Uh 12 years isn't that something. You know, it's funny. I remember when when you first ran for the House of Representatives, you had already been Lieutenant Governor, you'd already served in the legislature, you'd already been what state director for uh, for Conrad Burns, former right. senator and uh, Ron Marlenee. And Ron Marlenee, the former Eastern District Congressman back in the day. Um, so so when I was 20 years old when you were running for the House, you were, you were an old guy yeah. back then. But you actually weren't an old guy back then. Uh I just, uh, you know, thought of people my age as, as being the old guys well, back then.
2: And I was thinking you know I was and the- the ages
1: in the senate i'm half the age of most of the u.s senators <laughs> i was gonna say you know you, you've you've been served you've served in montana politics for in, in public office for a number of years but you're not one of the old guys really i mean you're you're kind of like the average age of most of the people that are looking to run right now if i'm not mistaken well i did it the right way i did uh, in the legislature 90 days
2: every two years then i became lieutenant governor and i served six and quit and went back to ranching and then i um uh, uh, you know, went back to Washington D.C. worked with Conrad Burns, and then I came back to ranching and business. So uh, I've had a nice combination of going into public service and getting back out, and having to live under the laws that I worked on.
1: My wife sent me uh, a, a video from back when Newt Gingrich was Speaker of the House. That was before your time, of course. But Chris Farley on Saturday Night Live but showed up at the House of Representatives and did his Newt Gingrich impersonation in front of Newt Gingrich. And Newt was just laughing and loved it. It was like, can we just go back to the days when America could laugh again? Uh, you know. Well, Denny, stand by. We're looking forward to catching up with you, talk about all the all the drama going on in Congress and much more. So stand by. We'll talk more right after this.
0: Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint.
1: All right, coming up in the second half hour of the program this morning, uh, we're going to have open phones, anything and everything you want to talk about here on Montana Talks. Uh, Plus, um, I've got a new story that just came out. You remember those rumors about that white bus, the white school bus looking thing? Uh, there was an allegation that the bus was carrying illegal aliens in Kalispell. Uh, well, we have an answer uh, on that. Uh, I have a report that our friends from KJJR in Kalispell just shared with me. So I'll tell you about that coming up in the second half of the program. But first, back to it here uh, with former Montana Congressman Denny Reberg. Uh, Denny, last night I, I got a chance to see uh, Seth Dillon. He's the CEO of the Babylon Bee uh, and, which is a satirical website, Christian conservative satirical website, and man, it was such such a great talk. It was so funny too, because they showed all of their fake news headlines yep. that became real world news headlines., yeah. it was absolutely hysterical, but one of the ones that uh, that that I talked about is i, I got to be the m c so I introduced Seth Dillon. and, and one of the Babylon b headlines that we shared last night w- was this one. Republican plans once again foiled by Republicans. (laughs) Because I know you and I have been talking. It's like, golly, it's like, you know, know, the Democrats, it's like they get told how to vote and they will vote the way they're told how to do it. And that's one of the great things about conservatives is they're independent. But also it's like at some point, guys, you got to fight together and work as a team and you got to unite to take the fight to the other side.
2: That's why we need more Republicans back there. Um, uh, America is almost becoming unrecognizable. Uh, this president is doing things that, uh, it's going to be real hard to undo. And, uh, you think of the next generation, you know, we talked a little bit about our kids. So we have four kids all under five years old, had three two year olds, uh, three boys all born within 15 weeks. So, if anybody out there wants to loan us a girl, we're, we're praying hard. <laughs> but we have another one on the way in August, and we're kind of hoping that's going to be a girl. But I look at them, and this is all about the future generations. Uh, uh, you and I are going to make it. Uh, we're OK. You know, it'll be tough times along the way. Uh, but when you think about our grandkids and great grandkids, uh, this is really criminal what this guy's doing. He's making America almost unrecognizable, uh, dismantling our military, uh, giving paychecks to Ivy League uh, students who took out loans, uh, signed on the dot. And I don't remember a single waitress and plumber or or contractor who actually co-signed those loans for them. So he's literally taking money away from those that uh, signed for the loan and giving it back to them and that's wrong you just can't do that
1: Um, you you talk about the country i mean getting to look unrecognizable i mean some of the things we see as actual news. There was a story yesterday about how how they're claiming that well, uh, men's uh, fake uh, breast milk is almost just pretty much just like women's breast milk for a baby. I, what in the world is going on in this country right now? But but you know they promised they were going to transform this country into something else. I, I say that because. I wish we could go back to some of the debates we had in the 1990s when Chris Farley and, and Newt Gingrich were joking around. I mean, the, the, the Gingrich versus Bill Clinton debates back then, I mean, can we go back to arguing about that stuff compared to literally, we're on the brink of World War III right now, and this radical transgender agenda where they're targeting kids, it's, it's insane. What's wrong with boys being boys
2: and girls being girls? I mean, we spend so much time in that argument that we're losing sight of what's happening down on the uh, Mexican border, and the fentanyl that's coming in. You know, I got a hold of uh, uh, Austin Knutson, and a few years back, we would get five fentanyl pills in Montana. Uh, now we're getting four thousand pills. We're up to three hundred thousand pills, and it's killing our kids. We've got to close of the border, and that's what was great about Donald Trump. He knew, he understood, and the border, while there was a, a problem on the border, it's now a crisis, and we've got to get this president to clearly understand that the things he's doing are creating crises that aren't necessary, and uh, like dismantling the military, uh, not funding the, the police, or the sheriffs, our first responders, they really need to... Pay attention to what matters most. I do most of the grocery shopping uh, over at Albertsons, and I really see the prices when I go in there. People are paying
1: their whole week's salary for a basket full of groceries, and it shouldn't be that way. the, even like the price of deodorant if i start smelling like some of those college kids that i went to school with at um you you just know because it's because deodorant's gotten too expensive <laughs> now yeah, i just I thought, just thought all, i thought all um students smelled like yeah, that that's right it's patchouli oil
2: it's the yeah I, yeah be a bozeman fan i have to take a shot at missoula that's
1: well. right that's right uh yeah well but but also you know uh, you you mentioned our military i mean we're, at the, we're our military is the smallest it's been now in 80 years people aren't joining our cattle herd is the smallest has been in 80 years but then again they've only been keeping records for about 80 years it's like we've got more people to feed more people to protect but yet the smallest cattle herd smallest military in 80 years it it doesn't make sense to be displacing uh students
2: out of schools to put illegal aliens in and then giving them food stamps when our own people in america can hardly pay for their own bills Uh,
1: it's out of control and it all is at the feet of the president you know, it's, it's interesting looking at, you know, right now, basically the Republicans control the House of Representatives. Barely, 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 barely. Uh, they don't control the Senate. Hopefully, Steve Daines, I think, is getting them on a path to take back the Senate this year. But a lot of House Republicans are announcing their retirement. And so it's like, wait a minute. Are they going to be able to hold on to the House if they don't have uh, some of these folks staying in? We'll talk about that and more with uh, former Congressman Reberg right after this.
0: This is where Montana talks, Montana talks with Aaron Flint.
1: Hey, if you want to jump in on the conversation right now with Congressman Denny Reber, give us a ring 406-294-0970, or you can send us a message on our Montana talks app. Uh, Or if you got something else you want to talk about, well, give us a few minutes and then the second half of the program, we'll open up the phone lines for you and anything and everything you want to talk about here on the show. Well, you know, Danny, at some point I'm I'm going to have to ask you the question because there's all sorts of speculation about this eastern congressional uh, district uh, uh, race here and, and potential race. There was a new poll that came out here recently or apparently there was there was polling that was being done that had your name in it. So I got to ask you about that. But the reason I wanted to get you in here today is just kind of the big picture. And and so. Congressman Mark Green. I got to meet him down at the shot show in Las yep. Vegas. Great guy, military background. I think he he then became a doctor and 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 worked in special operations, aviation, and so much more. And I I saw the news that he's going to be retiring uh, after this session of Congress. And you're hearing more and more, you know, Republican members of Congress that are retiring. And so if, now, if you have incumbents. Daryl Issa, Issa, who said, shave my beard. Yeah, you got rid of your beard. I you took did. his advice. Issa, yeah. yeah, yeah. I said, yeah. send me money. Well, I told Daryl, he said, tell Denny to shave that ugly beard. I said, well, he's not any better without it. So I don't what <laughs> what difference does it make, you know, to quote Hillary Clinton. But <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. He was telling me how um, you two were in a pickup together on nine eleven. On
2: nine eleven. yes. They uh, kicked us all out into the street. Myself, Butch Otter, the governor of Idaho, and Darrell had a truck, and they said, uh, "Get to the safe spot." And Butch and I look at each other and going, "We're going to stand up in the back of this pickup, pickup truck and go." And there's bullhorns are there saying, "Go there, go there, go there." And Butch and I said, Well, no, we're not going to go there, especially because we didn't want to spend however long it was going to take." In a safe room with Ted Kennedy and, and John Kerry, <laughs> well, so at we least left. Ted
1: Kennedy wasn't driving the pickup, uh, no, so that <laughs> that was safer yeah. Uh, there. Yeah. Well, that that was crazy because yeah, on nine eleven when the nine eleven terror attacks occurred, I was in you know Senator Conrad Burns' office and and I remember huddling up with him and I think he was on the phone with uh, with a radio station back here in Montana, and that's when the Capitol Police finally came in and said, "Hey guys, you get everybody's got to get out of here" because we were the last four or five people that were still in the office at that yeah. point and. Where do you go? What, what do you do? The stupid thing was the, the way they communicated with
2: us was a beeper on our belt. And uh, go do this and go do that and go do this and this is what's happening. Well, guess who got evacuated first? The Capitol. And what was the beeper talker? In the Capitol. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so all House members and Senate members, there was nobody to talk to.
1: Now, did you have the beeper did on? You, did you have, like, the clear blue case for the beeper, like the high school kids in no. the 90s? You didn't. It was a normal black beeper. It was a normal no, black yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> We've come a long ways. Uh, since then, I was on aviation uh, subcommittee in transportation. I thought I was going to bring more airplanes to Montana We spent our whole time dealing with uh, aviation security, and that's too bad. We get diverted, and that's what Congress is doing. You look at some of the bills that's going through right now, and the president bunches things that don't need to be bunched, Uh, and ultimately we don't get to the solutions we need, like how are we going to control the border, and he puts all other kinds of funding on it. Uh, It was a bad bill. I would have voted against it as well. I know Steve Daines voted against it. I would have as well. Let's control the border first. If you think about uh, illegal immigration, it's not just the southern border. It's going to creep up. The economy in Montana is going to be affected one way or another by all of the people that are living in Chicago and New York and Illinois, uh, the things that they bring with them. Is going to cost our economy a lot of money.
1: I think about when, when you were a congressman, certainly uh, when you first got in and then even probably towards the end of your tenure, uh, you, you were fighting over millions of dollars. And you were on appropriations, so you were fighting to rein in spending. But it was typically fights over millions, maybe. But now it's billions and trillions that they're fighting over. Yeah.
2: Well, it's interesting because people say, well… Uh, you wanted to spend money that's why you got on appropriations no i got on appropriations to cut money to try and right size and downsize and get rid of the programs that weren't necessary maybe not give them the increase they come in and they ask for so i'm a numbers guy um you hire your accountant not so that you pay more you hire your accountant so you can pay less maybe and uh, i i like appropriations because i can get in on the programs and see where they're spending too
1: much money and cut that money. And that's where you can really direct the administration and say, "Okay, hey State Department, you're wasting time talking about not misgendering people by saying you guys shouldn't. Don't you? Doesn't the State Department have a whole bunch of other threats they should actually be focused on?" And so, and you can use the appropriations process to rein that in by controlling the purse strings. Are are you concerned that because of the the growing number of retirements, and then Santos got kicked out, and then McCarthy said, "You know what? I'm out of here. I'm sick of this BS." Are you? concerned that, that with more and more Republicans doing that, and depending on what happens with the candidate recruitment, that, re- that even if Trump wins the White House back, even if Senator Daines wins the Senate majority back, that Republicans might not hold the House. One, it'll be a message, and two, we need more Republican members in the House of Representatives so
2: that we can pass this legislation. Uh, Newt Gingrich was successful because he broke the bills into smaller bills and did it piecemeal by piecemeal. Um, the interesting thing is you can't really balance the budget. I'm, I'm a firm believer in balancing the budget, but we also have bonds and things like that. that You can't do that to the public that has purchased these bonds. So it's never truly balanced, but we need to get as close to a balanced budget as we possibly can. I carried the legislation when I was a state legislator. I was the chief sponsor. Uh, to balance the the federal budget. I carried it in 1985 and 1987. Uh, We were several states away from being able to do that. There's a movement again to try and uh, pass a referendum or something in Congress somewhere. Uh, to require a balanced budget, I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, well, and and in term limits, Montana passed term limits. We've supported term limits and all those things. But look at the end of the day, the Supreme Court, you know, uh, you know, cut cut our legs out from underneath us on that. And so, yeah, balanced budget amendment, so many things that could really rein in this uh, this federal government spending right now. Uh, so. There's all sorts of speculation out there right now. So uh, Congressman Matt Rosendale is in the Eastern District. you got Congressman Ryan Zinke in the Western District. The Eastern District, very safe Republican District. The Democrats gerrymandered the West in hopes they could win there. Thankfully, Ryan Zinke uh, defeated them last time. I think he'll win by an even bigger margin this time. Uh, But then uh, uh, Congressman Rosendale announced he was running for the Senate. And then hours later, Donald Trump endorsed Navy SEAL veteran Tim Sheehy. And so so then less than a week later, Rosendale says he's withdrawing from the Senate race. And I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of us expected him to then say, well, but I'm, I'm going to run for reelection in the House. But so far, he hasn't announced whether he will run for reelection or not. But it sounds like all the candidates that have already announced that they're running or that they want to run for that seat. It sounds like they're all moving full speed ahead, that that they anticipate that that Congressman Rosendale is not going to run for reelection. What are you hearing? What's your speculation? Um, I want to go back to Washington to help Donald Trump
2: as president. I'm wholeheartedly behind him. The things that he did when he was president, I'll use one example, Department of the Interior, David Bernhardt. He was a phenomenal Secretary of Interior. He got a lot of things done. The minute... um, Um, The president, won, took the place. He fired David Bernhardt. He went back to the private sector. He didn't join a a federal government job. Uh, But the things he did were something else. Donald Trump hired some good people, and I want to see him back in as president. And so I'm announcing that I'm, in fact, Going to throw my hat in the ring and run for the U.S. Congress in the second congressional district. you hear
1: it here first. Wow! So you, so you are running for Congress in that Eastern congressional seat. I just had somebody message us on the app. They said, "Ask Denny to run again, please." That was from uh, Brenda. Just messaged us on the app. So you're running. You're it's going to
2: happen. I'm going to run. I'm. Uh, I'll announce today and right here on your show. Uh, I'll go around and do the things you need to do uh, as a candidate, but. Uh, i i won 't file yet
1: because you have to. Uh, pay the money and sign the, the paper and all of that. But yes, I'm well, announcing today. Well, at the rate of inflation with Joe Biden and John Tester, that $1,500 is worth less every week. So why not? <laughs> just uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's only losing value. So, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, no, that's that's huge news. Well, and I, there was a poll that the, the speculation started uh, a couple of weeks ago because there was a poll out in the field that people had heard about where they, they threw your name into in the mix. And so people were wondering, is Denny looking to run? Will Denny run for, for this? Because you you represented the whole state for twelve years, longest serving member at the statewide level, but this would be just the eastern district alone um, now if i 'm not mistaken, you have twelve years of seniority, yes, you would carry that seniority over with I you. Do. so you go in on day one with twelve years seniority I do yep I always say I know where the bathroom door is,
2: but I also know the the system I know how to make my way around and Really what you do in Congress is you build coalitions of like-minded people. And when you get 218, you win. And having the friends that I've got in Congress, uh, there are issues that we need to work on. uh, We can work together on. There are Democrats even that are still there that I worked with before.
1: And so that 12 years is going to uh, help me a lot. uh, I was going to say you could probably enter as at least a subcommittee chairman right out of the gates almost. I could. Yeah. I could. Why do it, though? You know, it's like, man, you know, you got a great life back here, grandkids, and several other folks are wanting to run, too. Why jump back into it? Well, you said the key words, grandkids.
2: I have uh, four of them all under five years old. And uh, I look at them and say, I don't want to give them what the last generation in some ways gave us. Let me tell you a real quick story. My great-grandfather was in the dairy business. He had 200 cows on the Reeburg Lane, Guernsey Dairy. My great-grandfather said to my dad, why can't you make it on 200 milk cows? I did. Look at this. I put the dairy together. I put the ranch together. Why can't you make it? And dad said... Because when you were building this, you didn't have an income tax.
1: Oh, yeah. That says it all. Interesting. Yeah, look at the way we've taxed America. We've taxed. regulated America. Taxed America. Regulated America. Especially middle class America. Well, Congressman Denny Reberg, big news. Thanks for making the announcement here on Montana Talks. Nice Great later. to catch up with you. And better yet, better seeing Jan. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks again for popping in. You
3: yeah.
1: uh, Phone lines are open for
4: you. two nine four zero nine seventy. Back after this. Montana Congressman Ryan Zinke this week introduced the Public Lands and Public Hands Act. The Montana Republican announced the legislation during a roundtable in Bozeman. Legislation would ban the sale or transfer of most public lands managed by the Department of Interior and U.S. Forest Service, except under specific conditions and where required under previous laws. The bill also requires congressional approval for disposals of publicly accessible federal land tracts over 300 acres and public land tracts over 5 million acres if accessible via a public waterway. This provision alone will protect public access to nearly 30 million acres of public lands depended upon by outdoorsmen and all types across Montana. Zanke says public lands must remain public and the federal government has a responsibility to manage and ensure access to those lands. Sankey partnered with Democratic Congressman Gabe Vasquez from New Mexico on the legislation. And for the fourth straight week, the nation's average price of gasoline has gone up, rising 8.7 cents from a week ago to $3.26 a gallon. The national average is up 16.7 cents from a month ago, but 11 cents per gallon lower than a year ago. The national average diesel price increased 10 cents last week and stands at $4.09 a gallon, Thirty-eight cents lower than a year ago. As of yesterday, Montana's average gas price was $3.14 a gallon. I'm Lenord.
0: Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint.
1: Yeah, you heard it here first. In fact, I I just went on Twitter to see if anybody caught that and shared that via Twitter. But uh, yeah, Lucas uh, Schubert out of Kalispell, Lucas has called in uh, on occasion here. It looks like he's first to share the news via Twitter, Uh, but you heard it right here first on Montana Talks, breaking news. Denny Reberg announces his candidacy for Congress in the Eastern Montana District, the second district right here uh on montana talks so lucas i'm gonna retweet that one out right now and then of course uh, we'll have the audio available later uh, on our montana talks website as well phone lines are open for you 406 294 uh let's see we've got uh oh uh actually for our open oh no let's go to jim and billings first and then perry in columbus will get to you uh jim and billings thanks for the call what's on your mind
5: well, I'm just so thrilled to hear that Denny's getting back in the in the game. Uh when I lived in Baker he was instrumental in helping the folks in Ecolaca get a paved road from <laughs> from Ecolaca to uh Alzada because it used to be quite a mess in fact. I think he's the only of uh, the only one of the uh, federal uh, congressional group that ever actually drove that gravel road from Icolaca to Alveda <laughs> and it was raining and oh, i'll man. tell you what he's never forgotten that one <laughs> he well, said, yeah you got to have a road but i'm pretty
1: sure conrad Burns work. drove that road as well because yeah i think both yes, denny and yep, conrad, yeah, were, conrad, were, were conrad was there that. a
5: couple times too yeah he was uh, but denny just hung right in there he actually showed up whereas uh say Bacchus's, uh, Bacchus never showed up, but he sent a representative who we never heard from again, but uh, if you want something done, you want Denny to be working on it, and I'm just, and if he's listening, telling them all, tell them all, maybe up, upgrade my donation to 51 dollars <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's funny
1: you talk about roads so back in the day i know there's a lot of folks who are who are new to montana or you know or just you know hey sometimes hey we're, we're all going to be forgotten at some point right and so you know some people can't even tell you who the governor was four years ago let alone eight years ago but I, i'll never forget this i remember um you know speaking of roads you're right that road you know in ecolac i mean connor is all it, was all about it Denny was all about it Max Baucus, um, what he would do, he would wait. So so when the when the appropriations reports would come out, you'd get these thick books, and it would show all of the projects that, that got approved and how much money they got approved for. And so what Bacchus would do, he would go through those reports and, and, and take everything that mentioned Montana, and then he would try to take credit for it, whether he was actually the guy pushing for it or not. Oh, yeah. he, he would send out a press release taking credit for it. And, of course, back then, I mean, the Billings Gazette, you know, there were a biased uh, liberal newspaper. And so it didn't matter if, if Conrad or Denny got the job done and got the project across the finish line. They would copy and paste the Max Baucus press release into the Billings Gazette newspaper. And and one day it was so obvious because, it, oddly enough, it was road projects. And in his press release, Baucus had mistakenly copy and pasted a road project in Missouri instead of Montana because they were so quick to try to take credit for something and so so it was hilarious because it's like wow Max Baucus was so desperate to take credit for something he didn't do that he took credit for a road in Missouri instead of Montana and the Billings Gazette (laughs) printed it because they were so desperate to copy and paste his his talking points. I mean Oh, it's pretty funny.
5: Well I was president of the Chamber of Commerce in Baker for a while and yeah and uh like I say, Denny made quite a few visits and, and his assistant Randy. They, uh, boy, I tell you what, they worked their tails off and finally got that appropriation. And <clears throat> now people in Ecoaca can go to a hospital in, uh, um, uh, down in Rapid City if they have to without having to worry about getting stuck in the mud for sometimes cattle trucks down there would get stuck for three days mm. because the road was so bad oh yeah anyway i'm really glad to, that he uh, announced it on your show um i'm glad he's doing it and uh people really need to think hard about voting for him because he gets stuff done and and all he doesn't right. Waste of taxpayers' money. Well, Jim, thanks, thanks for, for yeah, for thanks for calling in,
1: Hey, thank you. Great, great to hear from you. Yeah, one one other question I I would have asked him, but you know, uh, basically once he made the announcement, it's like all right, you uh, then we had the break, and then now we're in the open phones. But uh, one other thing I was going to ask him is uh, is, you know, we still haven't heard if Congressman Matt Rosendale is going to run for reelection or not, but it sounds like, um, uh, based on what all of the other candidates in this race, uh, they're all still moving forward, full steam ahead. So it sounds like everybody anticipates that Congressman Rosendale is not uh, going to run for reelection, which I know is, is probably a surprise to, to many of us out there, but we still haven't heard that officially or not. I should, I should uh, clarify, but, uh, it, regardless, uh, uh, Danny Ruberg says he's in the race. He's running. Uh, let's see, Perry in Columbus. Perry, thanks for the phone call. What's on your mind this morning?
3: Good morning, Aaron. Thanks for having me on your show today. Morning. You know, with Biden and Tester's tyrannical leftist minions intentionally creating the chaos everywhere they possibly can to collapse our constitutional public republic, uh, it's a great day to talk about preparedness. So here goes. Never mind paper, money, or government help here. Neither of those are going to do you or your family any good. But you will need, uh, number one, a durable way to create safe drinking water. Number two, sources of good food that doesn't spoil. Number three, energy sources that don't degrade quickly like modern, unstabilized gasoline. Number four, ammunition and firearms for protection and barter. Number five, the assorted medical tools and supplies with some specific and broad-spectrum medicines. And number six, a good stash of hard liquor for barter, or the other <laughs> obvious reasons. You know, the list goes on, and I know I'm preaching to the choir with your audience, but Aaron, for most of us who have tried to explain this to others who can't or won't take it seriously, when you see their eyes start to glaze over, just switch over and tell them the story of the ant and the grasshopper. Uh, but wouldn't you say that these things will likely be the real currencies of our near future if we the people don't take back control oh man of the federal government well that's all. the
1: thing we're all doomsday preppers now right i mean especially since uh, you know what they did with these lockdowns and disrupting slight uh, supply chains but i mean the past three four years we're all preppers now it if if you were not focused on emergency response, emergency preparedness four years ago, boy, you're thinking about it now, aren't you? Uh, after a China spy balloon hovered overhead. Uh, now, they're going to nuke us from space, uh, the story that they were talking about last week. But look, even put that stuff aside. Look at this invasion on our southern border. People from Iran, people from Yemen. Military aged males from communist China, uh the drug cartels all invading this country. Of course we need to be prepared. You know, we had a couple callers here recently that were that were wondering. They said, Hey, we heard all these sheriffs in Montana had a meeting with the FBI, or not in Montana, but kind of the National Sheriff's Association met with the FBI director and and the FBI director was saying, Hey, you guys better be ready because there's all sorts of threats against this country. It's like, yeah, well no Adam Schiff, Sherlock. Uh we we know there's all sorts of threats. Uh, we see it. We're feeling it in some instances already and so but uh yeah but that comes back to not only personal uh preparedness community response preparedness and i tell you folks if if you're not in touch with your local you know your county's disaster and emergency services coordinator get in touch with them uh, take the free training that's available uh, read your emergency response plan um add to it if you think there's something that needs to be added to it right uh, volunteer for a cert team you, you name it right
3: well, that's
1: right. You know, it comes down to uh, natural selection. If you're not paying attention, yeah, yeah. And uh, man, there's there's so much uh, crazy stuff going on right now that uh, man who who wouldn't be surprised by it. Well, Perry, thanks thanks for the call. Great to hear from you. Thank you. All right, we got phone lines open for you. If you call right now, four zero six two nine four zero nine seventy, we should be able to sneak you on before uh, we run out of time in the program here. Uh, Lyle in Malta. Lyle in Malta called in and said, hey, have you guys heard uh, heard about this story about how they're trying to make us pay for student loan forgiveness again? Um, I didn't hear this story yet, but this one caught my eye. Another billion dollars in student loan debt is being forgiven by the Biden administration. $1.2
6: billion in loans for nearly 153,000 borrowers is being discharged under new provisions of a federal forgiveness benefit. We're providing real, immediate breathing room from an unacceptable reality where student loan payments compete with basic needs like Putting food on the table. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona says those eligible have been making payments for at least a decade on student loans
4: of $12,000 or less. President Biden's administration has approved debt cancellation for nearly 4 million Americans, totaling $138 billion.
1: Of course, you got to pay for that. Your grandkids are going in debt for that. And if these people still have student loans, uh, and our military is the smallest it's been in 80 years, Maybe they should have joined the military for a student loan forgiveness program. I mean, uh, that's not why I joined, but I got to benefit from it a little bit.
0: Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association, your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Hey, do you guys remember, I think it was early last
1: week, we had a caller call in and say, hey, have you guys seen this story? Have you guys seen this uh, this photograph? It's a white White school bus with U.S. government plates, and uh, they were dropping off illegal aliens in Kalispell. And I said, well, I saw that on some Facebook page. I saw that somebody tweeted that out. I said, but no, I haven't been able to verify that. I haven't seen it confirmed or verified. I've, I've seen that claim be made, but I haven't seen it verified. But I'm familiar with those white buses because, uh, you know, if you've done any time in the military, you've been on those white school buses with the U.S. government plates, uh, oftentimes taken to the shooting range or, or picking you up from your 25 mile road march to somewhere or whatever. Uh, anyway, um, K-Pax television. Uh, I I reached out to Flathead County. I said, hey, do you guys know anything about this? Can you confirm one way or another, you know, if this photo was even taken in Kalispell or what? Um, And they couldn't confirm one way or the other. But uh, uh, credit to CAPEX. uh, Let's see. uh, Apparently, Sheriff, uh, the Flathead County Sheriff has now confirmed. uh, Apparently, they did an investigation after some uh, claims were made online the sheriff says that the bus was actually carrying army national guard members who were in the flathead for training all of the people on the bus were legal u.s citizens so uh, so that's why you know whenever whenever i see something on the internet especially depending on the sources i always i always want to verify always want to confirm um before uh, before running with something so uh anyway so thanks to uh uh, Matt with KJJR in Kalispell for sharing that k story because I hadn't seen that one yet. All right, Uh two nine four zero nine seventy, the number for you. Dan in Kalispell listening to KJJR. What's going on, Dan?
3: Well, I have heard a rumor, and I'm saying rumor because it's not substantiated, but that stabbing in Kyla by an alien, an illegal, uh... I have heard nothing else on the news concerning it. Whether the person, I heard that the person was let go, or the two people were, that are, did that were let go, and it was just not just the Kyla stabbing. They came into town and and did something or tried to threaten some people in town also afterwards. And so, but I heard that they were let go.
1: Yeah. So I, so your story tracks with what I'm hearing and what what I verified first, I think we were the first ones to actually verify and report the fact that the, that the suspects involved in that stabbing incident in Kyla, uh, we've confirmed it thanks to Flathead County. Yes, they were illegal aliens. Um, now the story I got, and, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, the story I got, this is why you what what you're saying kind of tracks, is that okay, yeah, these two these two illegal aliens were involved in this stabbing incident, but the guy that the whoever they got in the altercation with did not want to press charges. Uh yeah, probably because he was probably a bad guy too. I mean, that's just my assumption, right? I again, I, you know, I haven't verified the other guy was a bad guy, but why would he not want to press charges? You know. Um but but then, so then, now now, local uh, immigration authorities, what have you, well, now they're in a bind because they're saying, okay, well, let's see. Um, they've been accused of stabbing this guy, but no charges are going to be filed. So now what do we do? So as I understand it, and I think this is referenced in, in this report I did on our Montana Talks website, as I understand it, Flathead County officials basically uh, worked and, and local Border Patrol folks, I think, were, were, were helpful in this as well. They basically made the case to, to federal uh, immigration officials to say, look, these guys have a history of violence. These guys were involved in this incident. Even if charges weren't filed here, they got to get the heck out of this country. So as I understand it, these two have already been deported or are in the process of being deported. So does that kind of uh, square?
3: Yeah, so that means that they'll come running across the border and we'll have to deal
1: with them again. Yeah, probably again, yeah. Whereas if we just threw them behind bars, then at least we know they're not going to be, you know, the the catch and release uh, smelly fish that shows up again three years from now or two years from now. That's right. Well, great question. Yeah, I'm sure other people had a similar question. Dan, thanks for the call. Great to hear from you. Hey, speaking of Lucas Schubert in Kalispell, Lucas now on the phone lines. Uh, Lucas, what's going on?
6: Hey, yeah, I just uh, was listening and saw that happen, so I had to post it on uh, Twitter. But uh, what I wanted to talk about was the uh, Supreme Court race this year. That's going to be absolutely crucial uh, that we get Corey Swanson and Dan Wilson over the finish line because right now our state Supreme Court, as many people might not know, uh, is actually completely liberal. Our courts in the state, despite being a very conservative state, are so far left. And they just hold up virtually every conservative law that we try to get through, be it pro-life, be it protecting kids from transgender ideology, be it election integrity, school choice, even just getting cheap and efficient energy. The courts completely throw a wrench at it. And we cannot get that done until we get a better judiciary. So it's absolutely crucial that we elect those two, Corey Swanson and Dan Wilson. And personally, for me, it, it's going to be one of my top – I can tell you it's going to be one of my top priorities in Helena to go there and to get judicial reform, to allow candidates on the ballot. Because not many people know this, but last year we had Jim Brown. Uh, he was a conservative. And he lost by eight percent in a year where Republicans got around 53 percent of the statewide vote yeah if on the ballot he would, you know and his opponent
1: pretended his opponent pretended to be the conservative pretended to be the Republican lied her way into re-election basically right thanks to a lot of democrats yeah. Democrat dark money. But no, hey, I I agree with you. You know, uh, Corey Swanson, an Iraq veteran, great guy, great family. Dan Wilson, met him in Malta, uh, great guy. He stood up for freedom during COVID-19. So Dan Wilson, Corey Swanson, there you
6: go.